0: This episode of Kidlet These Days is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot subscription service offering reading recommendations personalized to your reading life. Looking for the perfect gift for the book lovers in your life this holiday season? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendations as diverse and interesting as readers are. Choose from plans that allow your loved ones to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email as a one-time gift or year-long subscription and sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your recipient redeems their gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for. And they can even connect their Goodreads account. Then we'll match them up with a bibliologist who will handpick recommendations for them. Gifts start at just $15, so there is an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine. So when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co slash gift to sign up today and give the bookish folks in your life a personalized bookish experience so they can enjoy without leaving their home. That's mytbr.co slash gift. and welcome to episode 42 of Kidlit These Days, a Book Riot podcast. At Kidlit These Days, we are your kidlit connoisseurs, pairing the best of children's literature with what's going on in the world today. I'm Nicole Young, alongside Matthew Winner, and we are here to have conversations that create opportunities for parents, grandparents, teachers, librarians, and all who love children's books to engage in the world through literature in a deeper and broader way. We are recording on November 8th. And this is our holiday gift episode. Hi, Matthew!
1: Hello, Nicole. Happy holidays, question mark? Question mark. (laughs) I mean, happy a lot of other things, I'll tell you that much.
0: Happy a lot of other things. Happy day after we find the results about uh the election. Happy all the things. Um, but it's, it doesn't feel quite holiday right now
1: no well i I have a funny story about that actually <laughs> you know we we've been very safe indoors as you do during pandemic or as we hope you do during pandemic and um my uh partner ordered a an artificial tree. Fun. We usually go across the street. We live across the street from a high school, go across the street, um, pick up a a tree, a live tree to support their booster program for their school. And then, you know, our house smells like pine needles. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are, I guess, still planning on doing that to support the school. Yay. But we also got an artificial tree. And because it came in the mail when it did... My five-year-old was like, we need to set it up. (laughs) And so it was set up. And then my five-year-old and partner were like, we need to decorate. And so this weekend, the weekend of November 7th and 8th, no, (laughs) the the holiday decorations have been filling the house.
0: so as you as if are in new we were recording this mode.
1: episode you are in full holiday mode is what you're telling me <laughs> i I would not make that a a a, a you <laughs> statement no I think the house generally speaking is I am not but that's okay <laughs> I love it though I love that um that our uh, amazon dot has been playing that music over and over certain songs over and over I love that um the girls in my house are so happy and that um it has been nice to watch a family movie at the end of the day after dinner and after cleanup and to have this the, this artificial tree with the lights on and now decorated. It's there. there is something special to being on the couch and having that right there. I will admit that.
0: The twinkling lights on trees are just so beautiful to me. I, oh, when yeah, it's, totally. When it's the holiday season, I will turn off all the lights and just sit in front of the twinkling tree. I just, I think it's so gorgeous.
1: It's beautiful. Otherwise, yeah. bah humbug. But for real, the twinkling lights are awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Nice- <laughs>
0: It's oh amazing. It's my so my my thing now is we. I have fully moved in the holiday movie. I think I shared with you before that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the um of the Hallmark holiday
1: movies. That's right. And I was just gonna say, embrace it. Here it comes.
0: I love them, and they have started full throttle this week. And I've already like, started. Yeah.
1: Oh my word, them too.
0: Absolutely, Nicole. Matthew. I'm here for it. Okay, so it's me <laughs> and the ladies of your house. We are united.
1: <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Well. Good on you. That's great. Wonderful, wonderful. I um, I am glad, honestly, that we are here to talk about good books to be thinking about for those holiday lists, for those stocking stuffers, or those just any reason to give a gift times of year. Uh, I-, I love that. I also, quite frankly, you know, we're approaching the end of the year, so I've been thinking a lot about What were my favorite or standout or the books I talked about the most this year? And so preparing for this episode gave me a lot to reflect on. And and those feelings, I think I'm into holiday nostalgia. I'm really into that. I like that. It feels comforting.
0: Yeah, I love it. I also, I was thinking... About, so I voted uh, Biden-Harris, and I am extremely happy that um, our democracy has been removed from the precipice. Um, And I, I was thinking about books that I've been talking about all year, but also books that encourage us to think about what's next and how we together, like, build a democracy. I was thinking about books that, like, you and I have talked about a lot this year, not only because they're beautiful books, but because they have these messages about... How we can dig in and how we can um, support each other in our communities and how we can build a better democracy. Like those are the books that pulled, um, who tugged, that tugged at my heartstrings when I was pulling up the list today.
1: So, yeah. Our current leadership has certainly informed a lot of the episodes since this podcast started. But I think that our, I can confidently say our new leadership will continue to inform what we do on this show and I think that that means not settling but digging into what matters uh, and what matters for our readers and that's something I'm always 100% in for hey so why don't I get to our our, our first sponsor okay yeah so this episode of Kid Lid These Days is sponsored by Space Battle Lunchtime Volume 3 <laughs> by Natalie Reese from Oni Lion Forge Publishing Group uh, here's the summary. I, by the way, big fan. So I'm super excited to share this one because I have not read three yet. Baker Peony got the chance of a lifetime when she agreed to be a contestant on the universe's hottest reality TV show, Space Battle Lunchtime. <laughs> Up against some of the best chefs in the galaxy, Peony faced unusual ingredients, sabotaging competitors, and even a dangerous side trip to Cannibal Coliseum, where the chefs compete to cook each other that book was amazing (laughs) now the competition is over peony and her girlfriend are on top of the world with a catering gig for a space empress but when someone attempts to poison the empress and peony's suspected she'll find in the cutthroat world of catering there's always someone ready to stab you in the back can Peony clear her name and find the saboteur? Tune in to the conclusion of Natalie <laughs> Reese's popular series in Space Battle Lunchtime, Volume 3, A Dish Best Served Cold. How was that for a read? That was pretty That's good, right? That's amazing. That the was first amazing. two books, oh, my <laughs> word. Actually, sp- uh, not a spoiler, but, but just a little peek ahead. One of the books I'm recommending folks to consider this holiday season is one that Natalie Reese co-authored. So I can't wait to talk about that graphic novel. It's one I believe I've brought up on here before, but uh, big fan. I, I know Natalie Reese's name because of Space Battle Lunchtime and the first book being on our state graphic novel award list, uh, I think last year or two years ago. So this, this is a super fun series. Thank you, Oni Press, for uh, supporting KidLit these days and for sponsoring us. We appreciate that.
0: I just can we talk about how creative this concept is? I love it so much.
1: <laughs> oh, Nicole! Only in comics, right? Comics, oh, I love it. comics are where it's <laughs> So, what? I, before we get into like breaking down the books, because that, that's really our focus, is um, to share these books. I wanna, I wanna ask you two questions, Nicole. I wanna ask one: what you were thinking about as you made these choices and also who you were thinking about as you made these book choices. That way, as I'm listening to your book suggestions, I have a sense of what is informing them. And then after you share, I'd be happy to share as well.
0: Great. Um, I think I shared a little bit. I I was thinking about what are the books that we talked about the most this year, What were the ones that felt resonant across, like, a lot of our different themes? I think it's a testament to how amazing um, so many of the authors and illustrators that we have talked about this year, how their books just, just go through, weave in through so many different themes, right? Like, there are ones that we used in the episode about body positivity and the ones that we used around the election that, you know, and then ones that were just about, like, the, the stories of immigrants. I mean, there are so many books this, books this year that um, really transcended the myriad themes we discussed, and so I just really, I wanted to highlight those. I am always buying for my nieces and nephews, always thinking about my nieces and nephews, um, who range in age, um, but are all, like, young kids of color across this country, and I always want books that... Not only represent them and their identities but also um, our books that their friends should read because we should be centering the identities of kids of color um, and kids with disabilities and all of the things um, and so I've, I'm thinking about them and how we can share more books with children that highlight um, the experiences that are not often at the front the forefront of children's literature so those are that's what I was thinking about what were you thinking about
1: well I think the first thing that came to mind just in general about making holiday lists is or best of the year lists or whatever you want to call the list is just, I know I'm forgetting something. I know that there's probably a, a most favorite book that I ever read that I completely forgot to put on this list because that's the nature of making lists and trying to come up with things that you're informed by the moment. You're informed by... um you know looking at what the other person is suggesting and how you're playing off of that or what your kids are reading right now uh so as i made this list i was thinking i was thinking of my children and what books we especially the 5-year-old what we have read over and over and what really felt like an easy choice to come back to over and over just always comforting always good we always saw something new i was also thinking about my 10-year-old and books that I would hand to him or if he wasn't reading them books that I would talk about with him the way he's been coping with, with uh, the pandemic, which is I think very similar to many, many children in our nation right now and around the world right now is that he's been playing a lot of video games. And this is a kid that is not really into school. School's not really his thing. And therefore not therefore but maybe as as in connection to um reading is also not his thing and so i i always want to give as much space as i can to him but but also let him know that i'm seeing him in what i'm reading that there's always a way back into books for him so uh i think even if he's just hearing his dad summarize a book that I thought was so good, just book talking to my own kid. That's one of the things that was informing these choices that I'm making. That, and like you said, we are just at a time where some of, I think, the greatest books are being published. I would encourage all of our listeners just to go back to our archive on this podcast and look at those lists that we've made every single episode of this podcast. Because, Nicole, I know that you and I both work really hard to make a really Good book list every single episode. So um, much of what I want to bring here is trying to champion those books that I think might not come straight away to mind, but ones that I think they, ones I think should, should should be considered, should be added to lists, should be handed, uh, should be centered in classrooms. All all the things.
0: I love that. I also you talking about your son reminded me of an episode where you. Were telling me that you, you know, you weren't a huge reader when you were a kid, and Mm -hmm. that like you came to reading later. And I just love that as a story. Like a person who won is so deeply ensconced in books, right? And who loves books and who loves making sure that kids have access to great books. um, Thinking that that person wasn't. A reader when they're a kid is really encouraging, I think, for because there are a lot of kids for whom reading is a challenge and who like, just don't really connect with a lot of the books. And I think one of the things we hope for this podcast throughout the year, but especially at the holidays, is that um, we can help you find a book that is an entry point for a kid who may not typically want to get into reading or may have found it hard in the past. I think both of us have been really thoughtful about how do we Um, How do we suggest a different range of books so that we can get as many readers in as possible? Because it's such a beautiful place to be when you find a book um, that you really connect with. And it's um, it's really transformative, like as a as a human being, but then also for children, Um, you know, like for all of us, it's really transformative when you find a book um, that touches you and speaks to you um, and tells a little of your story back to you. And so hopefully um, in the books that we've laid out throughout the entire year, but also the ones that we talk about today, We are providing books that talk to a different group of kids at different points in their lives or different entry points so that everyone can find a book that they love.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I think that's definitely a statement every one of us can get behind, no matter who's listening, whether parent or teacher or librarian or or grandparent or child. I think knowing that we all are working hard to get the best books into the hands of of the kids that, that need them which is every kid every kid yep. needs a book and knowing like 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 you're reminding me that I might not have needed it when I was a kid or I might not have known that I needed it but the book was waiting for me mm-hmm. when I was ready even if when I was ready was when I was in my like mid 20s or late 20s that's okay that's mm-hmm. okay that a wrinkle in time Found me when I was, what I think that was like 18 or 19, and I was like, whoa, children's literature for real. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like the very beginning of college. Anyway, um, why don't you take us into our second sponsor, and then we'll get into talking about more books. Sure. This
0: episode is sponsored by Odessa by Jonathan Hill from Oni Lion Forge Publishing Group. Eight years ago, an earthquake, the big one, toppled cities, changing lives forever. But for Vietnamese-American Virginia Crane, the biggest shock occurred shortly after the earthquake, when her mother left and never came back. Now, on the verge of her 18th birthday, Ginny and her two younger brothers have gotten used to a life without a mother, until the arrival of a mysterious package sends tremors through the Crane family's complacent existence. For the first time, Ginny wants something more than to survive. She wants answers, even if it means leaving her family behind. Uh, Odessa is Jonathan Hill's debut Own Voices graphic novel following one teen's search for answers across the dangerous terrain of a near-future America.
1: Sounds awesome. Sounds intense, yeah. The the near-future stuff playing for, I guess maybe for me, the dystopian sweet spot is when it's like... Just ahead of where we are, mm-hmm. <laughs> When I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's just close enough too. It's 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 not quite absurd enough to be like this is totally fiction, but just close enough that like, oh, we're one wrong step away from yep. the big one. Oh great, yep. good times.
0: Those are the eeriest ones, right? <laughs> yeah, where you're like, <laughs> you're like, this could be tomorrow or five years from now. I don't know actually. Yeah, and might I
1: also throw in that I might be ready to start reading eerie books again. Now really? that I can feel the hope. Back in the world, I'm like, oh yeah, I can take this escapism. This is great. <laughs> okay, I get that. Actually, I get that. It was a little too unsure before. <laughs> I, I've, I, I tend to be a person, I mean, this is, I, you know, this about me, but I, I love, I love a good book to take me to a sad place or to a hard place because, because those, that emotional resonance is something that makes me feel like I'm not alone in my feelings. Um, but it but there are <laughs> there are certain shows or books where i'm like oh no there needs to be hope please tell me there's hope of course this is a children's novel so i know that um whether for ya or for um uh pre or for elementary school age i always know that hope is always there and that that's because hope is is in our children so good stuff good stuff yay yeah <laughs> yeah really am i ready for dystopian yeah, maybe it was also that I finished watching the two seasons of The Boys on Amazon. Did you? I'm, like, ready for it.
0: <laughs> You're like, I can do this. I can do I've this. Got this.
1: I've, I've got this. I've got it back. <laughs> I thought I lost my Tarantino edge. It's totally back. We're good. Oh, yeah, yi, yi Well, it's time to get into our book talk segment. Remember that every book that we lay out—and there are a lot of books—but every book that we lay out in the following segment— you can find in our show notes at bookriot.com slash listen. Find episode number 42 of Kidlit These Days will be right in there. You can also tweet to us or message us over social using hashtag Kidlit These Days. Or if you want to just email us, use KidLitTheseDays these days at bookriot.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking about, what you're reading, what stuff you are are purchasing for the littles in your life. And, uh, Nicole, let's, speaking of littles, start with talking about some of our favorite board books that, that we're recommending to our friends and family.
0: Yes. So this, I haven't actually mentioned this in the, in like, in our previous episodes, but someone brought these to my attention, uh, about a month ago. Um, they're Little Libros, um, and they are written... They're written by uh, Patty Rodriguez and Ariana Stein and illustrated by Sitlali Reyes. Um, but one of my friends has a five-year-old and she is teaching her Spanish. They're doing like mommy and me Spanish lessons, um, and these little board books are they they do like history lessons. Like they have one on like. Uh, Pele, they have one on Frida Kahlo, um, and they're both, they're bilingual, they're in Spanish and in English, and then they also have them on these, um, like, these huge pieces of Latin American, like, like, places in Latin America, so, like, there's a book on Oaxaca, there's one on San Juan, there's one on Lima, there's one on Havana, um, and I just love these books, so, um, someone brought them to my attention, and my goddaughter, who is my friend's daughter, is gonna get some of these for Christmas, because I just love them.
1: Oh, those sound wonderful, and I have not seen those either, other than on social. On Instagram is where I've seen them. So uh, to hear uh, such great praise for them up close is really, really cool. I've got, I've got two. One that, um, one that's part of a series, and the, the the newest one is is my favorite. It's called ABC. What can I be? You can be anything you want to be from A to Z. And the reason why I love this A to Z. Professions book is because it not only uh, actively is working to uh, show uh, different uh, diversity in terms of, of of physical ability, in terms of skin color, in terms of gender, but it's also deliberately um, trying to break whatever stereotype we all grew up with, or I grew up with, because I'm an old man. Um, Including like how C is for costume designer, is is a child sewing a costume that that reads as if the child is a boy, and it just says I design all the costumes for the theater. I am creative with a needle and thread. Those I statements that go along with. Uh, F is for floral designer. E is for emergency medical technician. Love that.
0: Yes.
1: Um, G is for game developer. You know that that won my heart immediately. But Mm -hmm. I also love that I is for illustrator. And I was like, yeah, illustrators. And everything with, I could read this entire thing, landscape architect, nutritionist. I mean, like, come on. But every one of these letter is for occupation is followed by an I statement. Yes it's such a neat thing to have a kid dress up as whatever profession and use the I statement. I dig up fossils to learn more about life from the past, including dinosaurs, says the paleontologist. Or there's robotics engineer and quantitative analyst. Come on. Like, it's just great to give children that language as well as showing deliberately. Because we talked in past episodes about how representation has to be a thoughtful, deliberate act. That in these illustrations, it's thoughtful and deliberate and representative, and I thought it was beautiful. That's Sugar Snap Studio that. did the, the art and words on that one. It was great.
0: I love that. We also talked in a previous episode about how like working class families are so like underrepresented in yep. children's literature, oh, yeah, and I I love that those are professions that are working class professions in addition to um, ones that you wouldn't always think of or don't always go in the abc books right so that that was
1: one of our most popular episodes our look for the helpers episode yes yes that was a great conversation that felt like five years ago (laughs)
0: <laughs> Wait, before you go to the next book, can I say that some of these, when I went back and looked at some of these books, I was like, I read this this year? I just, this year has been so long, Matthew. It's been so long. So books I read in January feel like I literally read them five years ago. But Isn't anyways.
1: I love that. Have you, you haven't been on the show for a year yet? I haven't. <laughs> we I haven't. We're about this year like you haven't even, it hasn't even been Literally. A year. It's oh, Oh, no. <laughs> So good. I love it so hard. Oh, so the other one I want to share for board books is this is so beautiful. And I saw this on Instagram uh, and got a set for myself. It's called Our Little Adventures, Stories Featuring Foundational Language Concepts for Growing Minds. It's by Tabitha Page. I reached out to Tabitha just to say that your work is exceptional because Tabitha's art in these books looks like the work of Beatrix Potter. Only what Tabitha is doing in the the language of these books that uses animals and rhyming text is that we are using um, vocabulary to help children build uh, spatial awareness uh, over, under, around, behind. Uh, One of the books, these are uh, three books, I should say, is why I'm saying in these books. It's A Trip to the Wildflower Meadow, A Trip to the Farmer's Market, A Trip to the Forest with a, a cast of animals. But, um, one of them focuses on, um, how many, how few, like talking about, uh, items in, in, um, in volume or in sets. It, it, they're, they're just really thoughtful ways of storytelling as well as helping build that, that language. And, I, I brought up Beatrix Potter not only for the illustrations, but because the trim size is that tiny. They're made for little hands to hold.
0: Oh, yes. They're, they're wonderful.
1: It. So it comes in a set, Our Little Adventures. It's those three books, as I mentioned, in one. And I just, you know, books are beautiful. And when you buy a book, you you, you always hope that that other person, that they might, that book might live with them forever. And these books are like canvas bound. They're just treated so wonderfully that I, I feel like whomever I share this with will keep them for a good long time. And that's important to me too. These look
0: gorgeous, Matthew. I haven't seen these before. They're stunning. I'm excited about them. Um Can I add one oh, more to our?
1: Wait, let me oh. just add though. One of the reasons why you might not have seen them before is because it's not published by a big house. They're self-published.
0: Nice. I love that. I think also Little Libros is um self or was at least self-published. It might have before been picked, picked up, up, up now. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also, I talked about a lot this year, actually the future, um, the future baby books, yeah. uh, which are also board books and I love them. So future president, I think we talked about last episode. Um, but I think there's future engineer. Yes. Cause I bought future engineer for my baby, baby goddaughter, um, and future astronaut. Um, so those, I just love those books and they're by Lori Alexander and they're illustrated by Allison Black.
1: That's perfect to add those. I'm, I'm adding them to our show notes right now so that <laughs> I don't forget, um, can I, would you mind if I take us into picture books? Maybe Go ahead. We keep kind of tag teaming back and forth. Um, first, because you wrote two books that I would have had down on my list. And I'm sure I wrote two books that you would have had down on your list. Yes. <laughs> because that's what we do. And these are books that I, I think, I think each one of them has been brought up on a past episode before. Um, maybe even by the opposite of a like you brought it up, and now I'm bringing up a different one. Like I, I love that these are just books on both of our minds. Uh, the first I'm going to bring up is one that I am not shy about saying is my favorite picture book of the year. It's called Magnificent Homespun Brown: A Celebration. It's written by Samara Coldoyan. It's illustrated by Kailani Juanita. It is a beautiful poem of a book that speaks to colorism, speaks to um, the different shades or hues of brown, and likens them to things in nature and memories and experiences as a family. It's really something unlike anything I've read before, especially the way the text and illustrations hand off to one another. It's just an exceptional, exceptional book that I think will be Around forever, forever book as we call them, uh, and so if if you or your loved one has not read this book yet or seen it, this is one. Just like I don't know, buy like thirty copies. You'll 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 find enough to give them away to. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my second book is called Evelyn Del Rey is moving away. Oh, I love it so much. No, I just kind of want to just say that and sit with it because last time, maybe last two times, you and I brought this up. Um, We were talking about friend love, what it means to be just in love with your best friend, what it means to just have that friend love. This is written by Newbery Award winner Meg Medina, illustrated by Sonia Sanchez. And um, the title, I think, says what it is. And I think... Your testimony and my testimony says how effective it is, so yeah. I'll leave it right there.
0: <laughs> Yay! I'm adding your name as a song, which I am so glad that you brought into my life, Matthew. Mm, it's I love by that Jamila Tompkins Bigelow, and it's illustrated by Luisa Uribe. And I, um, I just think this book is beautiful. And uh, actually, I'm helping a friend plan her baby shower, and this was the first book I put on the list. Um, and I am just. So good. I'm, it's just a beautiful book, so I'm excited about that. And then uh, We Are Water Protectors, another
1: book that I forgot that I read this year because it felt so long ago. That book came um, out when pandemic hit.
0: Yeah, it came so, out at yeah. the beginning of the wildness, um, but it's by Carol Lindstrom and Michaela Goad, and um, it is just stunning. Like, I went back yep. and looked at the illustrations today before I put it on the list, and it is just stunning, and like talk about like yesterday was such a euphoric day, and then thinking about what we have ahead, and the people who have invested in protecting our land and protecting our water and protecting our earth um, throughout time, but also right now, I'm just so grateful for them. And I think this book is a beautiful homage to that work oh, and yeah. to that love, and it encourages us all to like think about the responsibility that we have to the the planet that we all share. Um, and I think it's a perfect a perfect holiday gift.
1: A book written in response to Standing Rock. Yep. A book that uh, we not only have featured the book on the show before, but Carol is a past guest on Kidlet These Days. And um, it's just, it's a stunning, stunning book. Yeah, I'm so glad that, that you brought that up. Michaela Goad's illustrations. I mean, they, they are, we don't talk a lot on this show about this kind of stuff, but they are very the Caldecott... Caldecott. <laughs> Um, in line esque. I don't know what the word is. Like, slap a sticker on it. Maybe I'll I'll make a sticker for Michaela because I just <laughs> think like all of the beauty is in her art and her watercolor paintings for this book about water. It's so beautiful.
0: It's gorgeous. Um. All right. So I'll lead us into our next de- section. It. So nonfiction. So. I um, I'm putting up Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls, a hundred immigrant women who changed the world, and it's by Elena. And I, um, I listened to the audiobook of this. Did you send? Yeah, you sent me the audiobook of this. Um, and I listened to the audio book, but the actual picture book is gorgeous. And it has these profiles of immigrant women from I mean, it's just a range of immigrant women. There's like Rihanna is in there. And then who else? I'm trying to like Rihanna is one of immediately comes to mind, but yeah. just a 100 different immigrant women stories who are are changing our world right now? Who have changed our world? Um, and the audiobook is read by like this star-studded cast. It's amazing. But the actual picture book also has these gorgeous um, illustrations. Um, so I highly, I highly recommend um, this book for your for anyone in your life. I was going to say the girls in your life, but no, actually anyone in your oh, life. Yeah. I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll go one more. There are two of these books: Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls, one and two. And um, before they made this audiobook, the the founders of Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls started a podcast where they do like mini stories. It is amazing. I this love it. crowdfunded idea that that continues to reach and reach and and every every individual who is featured, every woman featured in that book also, as you said, has an illustration, but every illustration is by a different female illustrator from around the world mm. so just stunning mm-hmm. book it's gosh and each book isn't each book like several hundred pages i feel yeah, like several they're, hundred they're pages It's pretty weighty they're wonderful um i will uh continue that reach first by sharing girls who build inspiring curiosity and confidence to make anything possible katie hughes and the um one of the um reasons why i wanted to bring up girls who build uh is because katie hughes is actually a, a founder of a company by the same name so this is a book where um we not only are seeing photographs of girls of all ages ages 8 to 14 um being featured and and their stories being featured and sometimes their interviews are in here or their directions on how to build a thing are here but to know that this is an extension of a company girls build an extension of something that 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 has already existed a foundation that is already serving a huge po- uh, portion of our population and knowing that this book is is a glimpse in For kids to see themselves, I I, I think so much about this book is working in the right direction. And the fact that you pick up this book, you see yourself in this book, or you see kids you know in this book, and then you go onto the site and realize there's even more here for you. There's a whole support system here for you. It's just outstanding. And photographs. Come on. Photographs. I
0: love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Yeah. Do you have any more nonfiction, or can I share two more? You can go ahead. I'm gonna go for it. Um, Dictionary for a Better World is poems, which are shelved in eight eleven in the library, which is totally nonfiction, <laughs> so it counts. Um, Dictionary for a Better World is poems, quotes, and anecdotes from A to Z. It's written by Irene Latham and Charles Waters, illustrated by Merdo Amini, and goodness, this this book takes on activism, intersectionality, using your your voice, your power. It's stepping into how to make this world better. And the, the structure of the book is so brilliant in that it has a poem, it has a short anecdote connecting to what the, the, the letter, the word is. It has a quote from a famous individual and it has an activity to um, grow from that the theme of said page. It's just got so much packed into this little book to truly help you design this better world, step into this better world. It's wonderful. I I love it. And then next time on the show, (laughs) I have to tease out some books because they're fantastic. And the founder of this book series will be on our show next week uh, or next time uh, is a, a nonfiction series called a kid's book about and a kid's book about, uh, was a company founded by, um, Jelani, memory, and Jelani has since expanded this company in beautiful ways. And actually, um, the the um, books were just selected on Oprah's Favorite Things 2020 list. So were they? things are moving for this company. <laughs> but ten of their books were selected. But let me give you a sense of what these books are about because they are graphic books in line with the book with no pictures. In that these words are really crafted to. To hold space and conversation uh, and they're graphically designed to be impactful um, some of the ones I'd love to highlight are a kid's book about systemic racism, uh, white privilege death, feminism belonging anxiety change, shame uh, bullying depression was the very first kid's book about I ever read a kid's book about depression and I was really moved by how well it was handled depression runs in my family um Mm -hmm. a kid's book about disabilities uh covid19 body image i'm getting almost to the end of my scrolling line (laughs) a kid's book about gender immigration climate change autism diversity sexual abuse they are taking on difficult topics and they're inviting authors of lived experiences to write these books. So they're incredibly impactful, powerful. Um, I would highly, highly recommend you pick up any in the series, especially though uh, the one the ones that I mentioned just now.
0: <laughs> Matthew, I had one edition for nonfiction that I forgot. We Go talked for it. about it and we both loved it this year. Woke, a young poet's call to justice. Oh, I feel like we have to leave that on the like end of year <laughs> thing. So it's by Mahogany Brown, Elizabeth Acevedo, and Olivia Gatwood, and it's illustrated by Theodore. Theodore Taylor, um, the third, and we love that book. And I just wanted to add that to the list.
1: I'm glad you did, um, because now we are on our way into middle grade, and that picture book is one of those like beautiful picture books that also works exceptionally well for older students. So let me take you into some books for our older students, and uh, I'm going to start. With a book that just came out, I think in September. It's very recently. It's called Ben B. and the Teacher Griefer, The Kids <laughs> Under the Stairs by K.A. Holt. This is book one in the Kids Under the Stairs series by, by poet K.A. Holt. Um, Carrie Ann is a, a friend of the show. We had her on um, a, a, a little while ago to talk about soft censorship, a topic I would love for folks to go back and explore. Uh, this book is about four children who are in summer school because they've failed the state's um, state assessment. And so there's a teacher tutoring them over the summer uh, on how to uh, raise their their reading scores. And ultimately the teacher decides that um, because she can't get the kids to read that what if we make a deal? What if um, you read for me for 10 minutes and I will... Um, in turn let you play 10 minutes of your favorite video game which in the book is called Sandbox which is uh, sort of Minecraft related uh, type game Uh, and the kids kids struggle, the kids succeed the kids are dynamic and in relation to one another and their teacher and I love that nothing is clean or easy in this book I also love that each character is voiced on their own in the story it's a book in many voices but their voices take the shape of drawings or poems or one of the children speaks in stream of consciousness. Uh, There's a lot of chat room talk from them all playing this game after school hours. It's, it's just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book about a population of kids that is often underrepresented, but also a topic that's underrepresented, which is kids that, that don't feel engaged in school But also don't have a teacher just come in and magically fix everything for them. Yep. So uh, this book is doing something very different in that regard that these kids are really doing. Not that the teacher is the teacher is great in this book, but the teacher also has problems in this book. And um, these kids really show a lot of strength. I really love this book. It's called Ben B. and the Teacher Griefer. It's by K.A. Holt. Do you want to do one of yours? Sure, because this so, one, I know, <laughs> I know what you're gonna talk about. <laughs> you know
0: that I was waiting for Maya and the Rising Dark by Rena Barron to come out this year. It came out, and I loved it. I just finished it, and I just loved it. It's just such a strong, like she's just. It's a wonderful fantasy book. We got a strong black girl protagonist. She's going on an adventure to save her dad. It's incredible. Um, and Rena Barron really knocked it out of the park with this one. So, um, I am giving that to. I can think of two of my goddaughters and nieces that'll be getting Maya and the rising dark uh for the holidays this year.
1: But yeah. You know, if I this is late in the show to say this, but but let me just say it just in case. If there's anyone listening that doesn't have anybody to buy for, or you have a little bit of extra money in your budget to buy a book, consider buying a book and donating it to your school library. Yes. Many many library budgets have been cut in order to help fund more technology for the school to learn for the distant learning in order to fund the the, the different um, health precautions that have to be put into place to keep schools safe uh, it's meant lots of budgets have been cut and there are many many libraries that uh, that that have seen their budget cut or completely taken away uh, reassigned redesignated this year so. Maya in the Rising Dark, right away, as you were describing that, I was like, that is a book that is perfect to buy for a school library. I mean, mm-hmm. really, all the ones we're mentioning are. But that one in particular really moved me to to interrupt our flow and say that.
0: I love that. What's your next one? Oh,
1: have I talked to you about A Wish in the Dark? By I don't Christina think so. I think this one's a new one for me. Oh, my word. Do you, do you know? Th- uh, this is sort of... Th- I know that this is a ubiquitous reference, but let me just ask. Do you know of uh the book uh or the musical of Les Misérables?
0: Yes, of course. So cr- I yeah. Christina that story. Christina grew up
1: <laughs> reading that book. So A Wish in the Dark is Christina Suntornvet's newest novel and it's about a boy and a girl on a on the run. Uh it's about an, uh, an emperor ruling a governor ruling over the light in this space and um the boy Pong escapes from prison in attempts to restore his name. It's a beautiful, beautiful story that Christina writes from her own family background. She writes from her own experiences growing up um, from her Thai background. And it's, it's just exceptional and moving. I listened to it on audio and it's a long audiobook. It's a long book and this book i think it was like eight hours and it flew by i was listening to this book nonstop, and it was oh. just it's a book that oh my word i'm gonna cry nicole it's a book yeah. that when i close my eyes i'm i'm back in this story i'm back in chatna i'm back with bong and this this search for light and truth it's so beautiful oh. so i uh, highly highly recommend a wish in the dark by christina
0: I love that. Um, my last middle grade book that I wanted—this is one that I had forgotten. It was so—it was from so early in the year, um, but it's uh, from the desk of Zoe Washington by Janae Marks, and I, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know how it came into my life, but I—I um, I love this book. It's so interesting. It's so quirky. It's like a whodunit. Um, Zoe Washington is the character, and we're reading along as she's trying to solve the mystery of. Um, what happened to her father, um, uh, or what landed him in jail? And and but she's also competing in a a, a young chef's competition. Also at the same time, <laughs> so it's just like an interesting, quirky book. I really enjoyed it. It came out earlier this year, like pre-pandemic. What even was that time? Um, and so I highly recommend. And it's going on the holiday list for a few of the the middle grades readers in my life.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, the best place for me to end, because of how much I talk about it, is to end with comics. So let's talk about some comics. The um, comic that we've probably recommended most on this show recently, uh, having just come out too, is Twins by Varian Johnson and Shannon Wright. I um, love this comic about two twin sisters, uh, one who desperately wants to not be seen as the copy of her sister. And so as they're entering in middle school, she seeks out ways to differentiate herself from her twin. But both girls end up running against one another for class president. And uh, Varian and Shannon, they both work together to tell such a wonderful story with such well-developed characters and, and just a perfectly paced novel that I'm going to just call it has plenty of room for sequels. And I very much (laughs) hope that we are seeing more, uh, in the future from Varian and Shannon, because it's a wonderfully done comic.
0: I love that. Um, so you are much more into the comics and graphic novels than I do, but I read this one for when we were doing our body positivity episode, I believe, and go with the flow. It's, um, by Karen Schneeman and it's, uh, Carrie Schneeman and Lily Williams and i was deeply impacted by this book um i just wish that i had had a book like this when i was a young person right it was just it was it's a, a story about four girls Um, who are all experiencing like their periods for the first time. Um, And they're also like combating within their own school, like the things that happen to girls, right? Which is like body shaming around your, like your body, body shaming around your period, all of these things that are like natural to your body being like taboo. Um, And so they write this, they start writing their their newspaper blog um, about this and they're advocating for there to be like actual pads and tampons in in the bathrooms of their school. Um, But I just, it just did such a great job of undoing these taboos for young readers. And I, um, again, I wish I had had that um, when I was younger. And in fact, when I went and picked up the book... At my local bookstore, um, which at the time was Blue Cypress in New Orleans, shout out, shout out, um, the the, the um, shopkeeper was like, yeah, I wish I had had this and I wish, you know, every young girl had access to a book like this. And so go with the flow. I highly, highly recommend.
1: Yeah, that comic rocks. It's so fantastic. The final one I want to recommend uh, was by or is by uh, co-authored by <laughs> uh, Natalie Reese and uh, with Sarah Gettler and it's called Dungeon Critters. And this is a, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. It's a dungeon romp. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it has like qualities of, of D&D in it. Uh, it is definitely about, um, about intrigue and about, uh, an assassin and about, um, trickery And it's such a queer, positive book. And it's so funny. Natalie Reese does Space Battle Lunchtime. And um, and Sarah Gutter makes this book with her. And it's just, it's another one where I'm like, please be a million sequels coming on this. Because I read it too fast. And then I read it again. And I was like, oh my word, I'm going to have to put this in my library. And I don't ever want to let my copy go. So, um it's it's just one that that i have seen circulate so fast with children and one that that i, that I was like have you read it yet can we talk can we talk can we talk about it yet are we good um, with this small frog prince and a dog and a i can't even i can't, what what am i even trying to explain this this <laughs> book for read the comic it's hilarious there's dungeon fighting it's amazing dungeon you'll fighting. love it I oh love my it. gosh Look at me it. trying to come up with words for the thing I'm like obsessing over. You know what I <laughs> you know what I know I'm gonna be obsessing over that I haven't read yet and I'm kicking myself for it? This this is on my holiday list. I need to buy myself a copy of Class Act by Jerry Kraft, because I have not yet yes. read the sequel to New Kid, and I cannot wait. That's what I'm gonna treat myself to. Nicole, you have anything you're gonna treat yourself to?
0: You know I'm treating myself to three keys. That's what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) We did not make it out of an episode without mentioning Varian, (laughs) without mentioning Kelly Yang. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, um, until then... Thank you all for joining us today. We always would love your feedback on this podcast. And if you want to give us a holiday gift, feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. When you do that, you help other people find us. And, you know, you can find me, Matthew Winner, at Matthew Winner on Twitter.
0: And me, Nicole Young, at Itty Bitty NY.
1: All right, well, thanks to Dr. Baker for sound editing on this episode. If you have a story idea, reach out to us on social media using hashtag KidLitTheseDays or email us at KidLitTheseDays at BookRiot.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking about and what you would like to hear on the show. And on that note, may your coming days be storied and may the good stories keep on coming.